0: Well, hello, welcome back to Just Us Girls. I am, of course, Alex Watson, our podcast host, and I am so excited that you're here listening today to episode four. I cannot believe we are already four episodes in and that it's already almost the end of Pride Month, which is the kind of catalyst as to why I started this whole show. Um, but I have just been learning so much new things and I'm ready to take the podcast into a slightly new direction. We are going to be starting every episode in addition to having our main guest on to chat with, whatever their story may be, which today is going to be a great story. We're also going to have a couple of minutes just to chat ourselves, whether that's current news or just a way to engage with one another. However that is in this pre-recorded measure, we will uh, keep playing with and whatnot, but just to make it more more interesting for you Um, and one of those things that we're going to be doing is a kind of little movie club so every week i'm going to suggest a new movie and that following week's episode i will give you my thoughts things i thought that was interesting opinion whatever it may be and we will have some fun with that and this week's movie we are going to be doing molly's game which is out on netflix so give that a listen and come back to next week's episode where we talk about it and if you're completely new here welcome um please feel free to subscribe to us on whatever channel whether that's apple podcast spotify stitcher we are everywhere you listen to podcasts and i hope you enjoyed today's episode which is going to be sitting down with my good friend chanel banks misdemeanor that's her drag name but he also goes by romeo and we are going to be hearing his entire story and how he got into drag and what coming out was like for him and the struggle with labels and identification so i hope you enjoy today's episode and i cannot wait to talk to you next week about the movie Molly's Game. All right, let's get into today's show. Thank you. Hello, hello, hello. We are here with bank teller by day, drag queen by night, Romeo slash Chanel Banks Misdemeanor. How's it going?
1: I'm doing so well. How are you, Alex?
0: Just doing peachy now that you're here. How's the day been over there for you? How's
1: Colorado? We miss you. Colorado is nice. It's um, it's rained the past few days, so, you know, bipolar weather, just nothing new really.
0: <laughs> Don't leave house without your setting spray on in the rain.
1: Period. We're going to do something a little bit differently today. Instead
0: of asking you your first and last, we're going to ask you what your three beauty products are that you cannot
1: live without. Ooh, Okay. The first one would have to be any, any teal or blue eyeshadow. It's kind of become like my signature thing. And if there wasn't one in my makeup collection, Chanel just wouldn't be the same.
0: Chanel truly wouldn't be the same without it.
1: At all. Mm-hmm. Um, second would probably be like blush. I, I've grown to really love blush. I wear it as a boy now. I'm an e-boy part-time. Um, and then last but not least, lip gloss because you're not a brat stall without glossy lips. So. True.
0: True. And do you use a tinted lip gloss or is it just more sparkly? What type of lip gloss do you like?
1: It's always just plain clear because it'll just go over any lip color and it'll just look whatever color your lips are. So
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, we're going to get into how you became so snatched at doing makeup. But let's start at the very beginning for you. Let's talk about life as Romeo, not yet Chanel, as a child. So tell me a little
1: bit about, um, what elementary school was like for you? Um, elementary school for me was, was actually quite easy. I don't really remember having like tons of issues. Again, that was forever ago. So. But, um, I remember myself being just like kind of happy. Uh, again, I didn't have issues. I wasn't bullied or anything. I was just a regular, like messy ass little kid. <laughs> That's nothing special really, but <laughs>
0: not, not this, but That's honestly kind of good. Um and are you doing the typical boy things or are you doing in some are you dabbling in more you know, shopping at Justice Limited 2 or, or, or where do you
1: align? Are you playing <laughs>
0: superheroes?
1: Um growing up, I was I feel like no one expected what was about to come of me. Um younger, I was into like cars and I loved Fantastic Four. I was very much into like, like quote unquote boy things that like things boys would like. But um, right. I was also, I had, I was more friends with girls. They just, I don't know. I just hung out with girls more often and played on the swings.
0: <laughs> they like our cancer energy. What can we say? Yes. I know you were telling me about getting into sewing and fashion um, from your grandfather. What age did you learn how to
1: sew? Um, so at age 13, I learned how to hand sew, and then when he, prior to him passing away, which I couldn't even tell you, like, an exact, like, time of this, but he had taught me to use his sewing machine, and yeah, I just, I get, it just went on from there.
0: (laughs) And that kind of is a lot of where you kind of got your fashion sense and interest in making clothes. Um... All right so now let's let's fast forward We're in kind of uh pre teens and you're in seventh eighth grade are you dating anybody? Are you talking to people
1: um in middle school <laughs> poor girl um I, <laughs> <Bless> her heart <laughs> bless her heart I had a girlfriend I did um maybe about like seventh grade ish like maybe like end of sixth grade onto seventh grade I, did, I had a girlfriend um We'll call her, we'll call her like Sally, I guess. And she, Sally, Sally had a, Sally had a twin. And
0: so, <laughs> don't tell me you got with her sister too. And,
1: um, yeah. So, like in middle school, I, I had a girlfriend, but I also still hung out with only girls. Um, I definitely started to get bullied more than, um, and I guess that was just because I didn't do the typical things boys did. You know, uh, I wasn't in sports, really. I didn't. You weren't on football? You weren't a quarterback? No, not at all. <laughs> I didn't <couldn't> lift. Until...
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're starting to get bullied, you know, slightly for not, you know, doing the typical boy agenda in middle school. Um, But are people like are they calling you gay or like i mean you have a girlfriend so like you know you're you're able to pull that card like how, was that a weird balance
1: um it was definitely weird for me i would i really wish i want to know like her thoughts on everything cuz i truly feel that um people would really be like oh like you're gay and i i wouldn't like argue or like fight back or really say anything i would just be like whatever like i have a girl like do you know what i mean like it, yeah. i wouldn't argue like have to fight to almost um convince them that like they were wrong or I was right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it was very like people would like say things like it was really obvious but I just kind of kept it as like I have a girlfriend but again I only hung out with girls I didn't do typical boy things um I was in dance class, so I feel like people <laughs> should have known. Immediately clocking
0: you. <laughs> Immediately. Yes. Once you walk down halls in a the leotard, they should have known. <laughs> um, but how long did you and did you and Sally last? I mean, how long was you were you and Sally in a relationship for?
1: Um, Sally and I were in the world's most awkward relationship for probably about like six months I couldn't even like give an exact date I remember dating her once and then we broke up and I was all heartbroken like thinking I knew what love was and then we got (laughs) back together and then we broke up and I really didn't give a fuck but um wow I say the relationship was awkward because like even like her like trying to hold my hand I was like no or she would try to kiss me and I'd be like no you know I like wasn't down with like PDA and I feel like in middle school that's all boys wanted with, yeah, like some girl to kiss. Ho- who's and I holding was like, hands? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not kissing you.
0: And did you think that was because of Sally, or did you think that was because you were like, I don't like girls. Like, what? Are, what are you thinking in your head?
1: Um. Wow. In my head, maybe a little bit of both of that. Like, I would kind of get grossed out, like at the thought of kissing a girl. Like it, it just like wasn't completely like something I've wanted so yeah like it's not what I was craving I guess you could say so I was just like no I don't want it and then that was that
0: (laughs) there you go so here you are in eighth grade you just you're you're at the end of middle school you had a long somewhat you know longish relationship with our sweet Sally um, (laughs) who you broke up with and got back together with and I think at this point now you're done right by the end of middle school yeah. Um. And you're just kind of grossed out in general with PDA, but like looking into maybe being more attracted to guys, perhaps. And now you're starting up high school. So did things like startly? Did things change once you got to high school? Did you still keep hanging out with girls only? No sports. What What were things like in high school for you?
1: Um. In high school, I definitely started to get picked on more. Um. That I can say. I was, again, only hanging out with girls. Um, I Um Oh, trying to go back to that time. Yeah, I only really hung out with girls. Uh Didn't have the thought of, like, wanting a girlfriend. Like, that thought didn't cross my mind whatsoever. Dating wasn't, like, relevant to me. I guess, like, to be honest, I think, like, in high school, I was just one of the girls.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're all, we were all one of the girls. I feel like we still are. And did you, at a certain point, think, like, you know, it's not that I don't like girls, it's that I like guys? Like, did you make that sort of click in your head, or does that come
1: later for you? Um, I definitely started to creep around with that. Um, we all, <laughs> we we all know Sweet Tumblr and the things Tumblr used to
0: Allow. showcase. okay <laughs> Yeah. Um,
1: but I, I... I remember coming across something, some not safe for work, not safe videos, for work content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like watching them and just being like, "Oh, well, okay." <laughs> and, this does
0: something to me.
1: Yeah, and I, I would, I remember I would go back and I would watch them quite often. <laughs> so, I, and I wouldn't really do anything; I would just watch them.
0: You're just studying. You're just yeah, learning.
1: And, and I, and I remember watching it and just kind of being like, well, that doesn't look too
0: bad. Yeah, I, I could subscribe <laughs> to this theory. Yeah. You realize this and you kind of like sort of make a decision. But are you like, would, would, do you label yourself as gay at that point? Or are you like, you know what? I have no idea what's going on. This is just high school things.
1: Well, I, I feel like maybe I knew, but I didn't feel like I had to kind of say it or like announce that to people um yeah I was definitely aware that I wasn't really into girls like that and that's pretty much that I didn't really announce it or I don't even think I ever really stopped and like said to myself like I'm gay I think I was just like bitch you know who you is
0: (laughs) yeah we've been seeing you we've been clocking you um (laughs) So do you just, in general, not really, like, mess with the whole label thing? Like, dude, is there any, like, th- anything deeper than that? Or is it just kind of, like, just how you are?
1: I always see it as just kind of, like, who you are. Um Like, I feel like there really shouldn't be labels. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's a whole argument in itself. But, like, the way I always right. thought about it is, like, if you're gay, like, like, you're still a human. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you still yeah. like shit. Like, you still go to sleep. You still eat. Wait, can I cuss on the
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Okay. Okay, so, so like yeah, like you still shit, you eat like like you work like a like a regular human being. So I don't know like yeah. what that word like kind of It's
0: uh, very defining for
1: yeah. sure. Yeah. And like some people um they see it as like a like um a shield of like armor of pride or something. Like it's something you should be proud of, which I don't think like you should not not be proud of it. But again, I don't feel like you should have to say like I'm gay to someone. Like, you yeah. are who you are, you know? Like, straight people don't walk around saying I'm straight. They surely can. I wouldn't care. But
0: <laughs> That's the whole plot of Love, Simon. If you've never seen it, it's a beautiful film. <laughs> um, but in your mind, you're like, you know, I'm wearing makeup. I'm doing dance classes. If you can put two and two together, like, I'm not going to challenge you on it, but I'm not going to get on a microphone and, you know, stand up and say to the world I'm gay. Yeah. So you, I, I'm i just going to kind of jump ahead here. I assume you don't really ever directly tell your, your mom?
1: Correct. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even think I told my best friends at the time. I I, th- I feel like she maybe knew, because like, like you said, like I, I I had dance class instead of gym. I I would wear concealer over my whole face because I didn't want breakouts and like I was Joan Jett for Halloween once. Like <laughs> I feel like I feel like we all knew. So I just didn't say anything. Right. Uh, even though I know that's kind of like what you're supposed to do. I just never did it.
0: Yeah, you know everybody can observe it. You're saying it non-verbally. You're saying it through every other manner, and you know people can pick up on it. It's very interesting. I think that's a whole other podcast episode about coming out in general. Um, But now let's get out. Let's keep just talking about you and your story. So you go to college. You start off school. And what do you go to school for? What do you What do you go to study?
1: Um, So when I graduated, I made the courageous decision. To be an art student. So I went to the Art Institute of Denver. Rest in peace. She's no longer there. Um, No uh, (laughs) longer. That poor building. Um, uh, I went for fashion and design. Sorry. Um, Because, as I mentioned, I knew how to sew. So I guess it was something that I was like, I know how to do this. I could do it well. Um, Let me just go make this school my bitch. So, yeah. (laughs) There you go.
0: And that you did. So you're working. You're in school. And you're working on making clothing and whatnot and all this design. And what's your living situation like? Did that change for you when you went to college?
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. My life, like, completely changed. Um, Like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of felt like I moved to New York. Like, it was such a drastic (laughs) change. Like, I went from, like, this little, like, suburb where, like, everyone knew everyone's business to, like, this big city that I didn't, like, know anything of. Like, so I moved out on my own. I had a roommate. Um. My roommate ooh, let's say uh let's give her a name. We'll call him Mac. Cause, Mac. So Mac, yeah. Mac was Listen every Mac. Period. Um Mac was actually gay as well. And they paired us up, I think, on purpose. Um <laughs> Mac was a <laughs> interior design student, I believe. Um and so yeah, I had a roommate that was also gay and I literally like would go to school and then come home. Like I didn't explore the city or do anything like crazy.
0: I think I was scared, but. <laughs> so did having a gay roommate, like did, did that like help you at all in figuring out like your piece? I know you don't really like the labels and whatnot, but what, was it like kind of like someone new in the community? Cause I imagine in the suburbs before there wasn't that many openly out people around you.
1: Oh no, literally. Um, it definitely, it was, I actually like, it's quite sad because I, I don't really speak to Mac anymore, but I would definitely say mm-hmm. Mac kind of helped me come out of my shell and not like be proud, of, like proud of who I was, because I was already proud of who I was, but he just kind of like showed that there was much more out there for me, I guess. Um Mac would go out to clubs and Mac would invite friends over and Mac you know, he would kind of do like the normal, like every day, like college, like kids, like life. Fan. I guess, like yeah, the the fun part, yeah. Um, the fruit that edition. I didn't do. Period. <laughs> yes. So like he would like I was such an introvert and he was just the complete opposite of me. So he definitely like shook my ass and woke me up. A bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so speaking of shaking your ass. Did you, um, were you dabbling any of the college recreational activities? Like, were you using this as an opportunity now that you're out
1: of the home, like,
0: to try and meet someone other than Miss Sally from seventh grade?
1: Um, (laughs) Sally, um, I wouldn't go out to clubs. I wouldn't, I still didn't do all that stuff, even though he was quite nice. Mac would invite me out and I would just say no. Again, I think I was scared, but I would occasionally look at, um, a man or two on our campus and kind of like that. But I, I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't dating apps. You, I wouldn't have known what a grinder was. If you asked <laughs> what me a grinder again. was.
0: <laughs> who I would, who is she? Yeah. <laughs> um, and did, did that go out for the rest of your college experience or did you eventually ever meet someone?
1: Um, well since you mention it um now now that we're
0: on the subject I guess
1: (laughs) in one of my classes I I don't know exactly what the class was but (laughs) there was a boy in this class and what do we call him um we'll call him Peter so Peter was he was in the class with me and I always like was like oh he has a good face like you know like there's nothing wrong with saying like someone's like handsome we're like yeah oh you know like other oh, cute yeah and he was built like nice you know he had like muscles or whatever and he would we when we would have to present in the class and we did that like pretty much all the time like we would present and when he would like talk to other people like about like their like projects and stuff it was like a normal like conversation but when he would talk to me it was always this like shaky awkward like almost scared voice and I remember being like, why are he talking to me like that? <laughs> like I didn't, I, tr- I didn't understand. And I think that was probably the first time that I ever stopped and like looked at someone and was like, Oh wait, I might like want to like get out there, you know, just because yeah. he was so awkwardly endearing. Like it made me want it.
0: It's, it's funny how that all works. So do you pursue it? Did you go for it? Did you take the bait?
1: It's so funny. <laughs> I would never do this now, but I remember seeing him in the public like public library in our school library and he was in the library I don't know what he was doing a pro oh, like we were working on projects or something and he was sitting alone and I was like I'm gonna go sit like I'm gonna go ask him if I can sit with him and he was like yeah and I would that's something I would never do now I'm never that like forward with somebody never but he he invited me to sit down so I sat down and we're working on our projects and I start conversation up, and again, it's this au- this stupid, awkward, shaky voice. Like, we're, <laughs> just tra- we're, we're, we're literally talking about homework. Like, what is wrong with this kid? Yeah. And part you of me was you like, got on edge, you know? Literally, I was like, this class ain't that hard, but I yeah. like, like kind of was too like, much. maybe he likes me, maybe he doesn't. Um, I don't know. It was like a, it was a really awkward like situation. Like when I look back yeah. at it now, and even just talking about it, like. I get so cheesy cuz it was it was very strange at the time.
0: So does does love blossom there or was this just the library one time?
1: Um, I'm going to say love blossomed because the, the second time that well not really the second cuz I would work with him a lot in the library, but like one day he had the courage to ask if I wanted to go see like a movie or something like and he didn't he wouldn't ask it like a date. That it came off that way. So I was like, he asking me on a date. And so I of course said yes. Cause I was well, like, how did he ask way
0: back up? How did he ask you?
1: <laughs> he was just kinda like, again, this stupid, shaky ass voice. I, I don't know why this kid was like this, but um, scared of his life, he was just like I was wondering, um, if he wanted to like maybe like like go check out a movie or like go to a movie with me. And I was like, Sure. Because like <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, he he's not ugly. Yeah. And like I said, I felt like he liked me because the shaky ass voice. So I said yes. And then was that nervous. was, yeah. And then I guess that's where my first, my first ever date took off.
0: And were you still against PDA or did you guys share a little smooch by the end of the movie?
1: Well, he he tried to flirt with me a lot. Like he tried to do that, like arm over your shoulder thing. And then he tried to like grab my hand once. And I remember pulling away like what? And then he did like lay on me in the movie. <laughs> And I remember being like, what? (laughs) How? He, like, grabbed my hand and then, like, just completely, like, laid his head, his, like, shoulders, everything on top of me.
0: Like a defeated child or
1: something, like, (laughs) on his mother? Like, that. that is
0: so bizarre.
1: (laughs) Very much so like that.
0: (laughs) Like, so like that.
1: Yeah, and as you know, like, my, I'm a virgin, so mind you, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I've never been touched, I'm like, get off me. Right. But so like it like the entire date was quite awkward. Um, But again, I feel like it was the first date for both of us, mind you. So I feel like I feel like that was just bound to happen, like a weird ass date. But um, towards the end of it, he walked me to the light rail and I he again with the shaky voice and he was like, I've never done this before. And he started to say something. And again, I would never do this now, but I pulled in and I kissed him. And then I walked away.
0: Leave him hanging. Period. You couldn't even get a last word in. No. I hope you walked towards the right way instead of the wrong way. And then had to like awkwardly turn around <laughs> to go back no. on the trains the other way. So you you share your little kiss. Did you have to see him the next day at school? Like, or, or maybe it was a weekend. Did you have to see him at school relatively soon after?
1: I <laughs> I did indeed. And this is another thing is that like that moment was never talked about. Um, We didn't speak of it. We just continued to kind of hang out like that, like, in the library, and then we would talk. But things, like... Cl- oh, after the fact, you guys wouldn't bring it up. Like, like no, he didn't mention it, I didn't mention it. I think we didn't talk about it just because of how awkward it was, but after that moment, I think that's when we both kind of realized, like, wait, we might like each other. And then, again, it was just our same library routine. We would walk around downtown a lot. Um, we were, like, college students, so we were poor. So we didn't do, like, we didn't do anything. We would just, like, walk around. And that was it.
0: But you were not hocus pocus for long. You eventually get a <laughs> job at a a fun little nighting spot. Um, what is this job? And tell us kind of like how it begins your journey with drag.
1: So I got a job at a local gay club in Denver, one of the best, Tracks Denver. Shout out to y'all. Thursday Thursday
0: is always a good time.
1: Uh-huh. Oh my god. Well, I can't even think and, about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, what did you do at this job? Were you making drinks? Were you in the bathrooms? What were you doing?
1: Um, So when I worked there, I was just floor staff. So floor staff, basically, you prepare, like, trash cans. You cut through. Um, and then the rest of the night, you walk around. You pick up glasses. And then you take them to the bars. And then we just sweep the floor at the end of the night and mop, like, the back, like, um, I guess you call it the kitchen area where we like do all like the fruit stuff and like kind of that. So I was basically like a maid. But it was <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool, still look cute. Yeah, but <laughs> made but make it fashion. Um <laughs> we got to just like walk around while like while the club is like clubbing. So it was such a like stretch to go from like little like suburbs boy to like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like and you're I was- like I really feel like I'm in New
1: York. You know, yeah, I was like, "I'm living a. Michael <laughs> Ali is shaking
0: at this place. Did you have to dress up? Did you have to wear a uniform or were you were you get to have some creative liberties and come out and pull looks? What did you do?
1: Um so the the club has themes nights, and they do it quite often. Um some of the nights, like you can just go in like jeans and a shirt if you wanted. But I remember like hearing like my very first day, they were like, "Oh yeah, we dress up here. Come like a cowboy." And so my very first day of work, the theme was like, it was like save a like, save a horse, ride a mustache was the theme or something. Oh wow. Yeah, Bold and I was moves. like, I know, right? And I was like, wow, what a job I have. But anyways, um, I remember being like, bitch, I'm gonna show up in a look. So I went, I got like a little plaid shirt, I got a cowboy hat, and then I was like, this isn't enough. And I I remember thinking to myself like, are you gonna do this like? Should you do this? You're gonna do this. But I basically like cut holes out of a pair of my old jeans and I made denim, um, chaps. And I, I wore denim chaps. With, like, a thong on my very first day. Period. Assless. She's out. She's Dress out. Dress
0: for the job you want, not the job you have is my word of advice. <laughs> you came up doing the whole damn thing. All the other floor staff, they literally did. And, just and that was my first hat. day. Um, so did everybody immediately love you at Trax?
1: I, I think they did, just because, <laughs> again, that was my first day. Like, I can't, I still can't believe that on my first day, I didn't know any of these people. I just decided to have my ass out. I think the managers loved me. They were like, oh, he's so precious. He's a twink. People love him. Um, of course. And then I think they just loved how creative I was, too. Just to be that bold kind of on your first day, I think just spoke levels as to why I belonged in, like, the club scene. So I, and I think, I hope they loved me. Um. So more than just like
0: the club scene at tracks, there's a really big drag scene. They have a couple of drag competitions every year. what does this, this is where it piques your interest to start doing drag.
1: So I worked with um, one of my good friends who works there. Her name is Evie Audley. She was the winner of season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race, cute little drag show. But prior to, evie's fame um she just worked out the club with me and i would admire her so much just because people would run up to her and they'd give her so much praise you know she's she's quite tall she is like this creature of like i don't know what and i just i loved. no yeah like you don't know what she is like every day it was something different with her ass and i think that's what i loved the most i just thought it was so cool how she could go from like this tall goddess You know, who would be an ice queen one night and then just like a little bar back, like the net. And Evie is a firm believer in like kind of doing what makes you happy. So, her and I would occasionally have like, you know, little, like they were really short conversations about like, you know, oh, that would be fun. I would like to do that. And she'd be like, so do it. (laughs) Like,
0: yeah, there there wasn't what are you waiting for?
1: Yeah, like she wasn't like, well, I don't think you should, or like, It's much harder than some eyelashes. You know, she was just like, I don't give a fuck. Do what you want. Like, you know. And so that's like, I guess, where my want for drag kind of peaked.
0: And once it peaked for you, what did you do?
1: Um, (laughs) Evie was a winner of a drag competition track called Ultimate Queen. Shout out to drag dad Tyler Hoff. He is the creator of it, basically. And it's the club version of RuPaul's Drag Race. And Evie was a winner of it. And again, I thought that was the coolest thing ever, like just to like have that like just to be able to be like I'm a winner, you know, like in my mind was like yeah. the, the coolest thing, yeah, so I started to kind of refine my looks more, you know, I went out, my mom took me to pay less, um rest in peace, pay less, but hey, <laughs> we would I got my yeah, first pair moment of, like,
0: of silence,
1: <laughs> I got my first pair of heels, and then. I saved up all my money for this wigs and grace wig. It was a hundred dollars. And I remember I got in drag and I looked a mess and I saw pictures, but I would kind of go out more in drag. Not like the androgynous, like boy looked. like again, she was tucked. She had nails with glue all over her hands. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like messy drag. almost
0: Messy drag. You weren't getting on RuPaul's in that.
1: No. Um <laughs> uh, but you got to
0: start somewhere, right? So you did you just go out like were you just bopping around the club scene or were you like actually performing?
1: Um I was just like bopping around the club scene, I guess. Um one of my another one of my good friends, her name is Stella. She is another drag queen and she worked at the club with me as well and she, she her and Evie were the only two queens who I think worked there who worked and performed, you know, I would just dress up for fun. And I remember an all-stars competition had came about. And for those of you who don't know or watch RuPaul's Drag Race, they have regular seasons and then all-star seasons. So on all-star seasons, they bring out like past alumni and then they compete to win an all-stars title is basically what it is. So an all-star season had came up and Stella was like, you know, I think you should like start preparing like to like, you know, do like the real one when it comes about, you know, she was like, I think, you know, you have what it takes to like, kind of be good and like do something, you know, like she's seen the potential in me. And I wouldn't say it was until that All Stars competition started is like until when I was like, okay, I need to perform because visually seeing that competition setting, I think just lightened my interest, like, way more. And I was like, I I need to perform. I need to do this.
0: And you go, and when it's the competition time coming around, do you decide to join and enter? Like, do you enter drag boot camp? What do you do? How do you prepare?
1: Wow. (laughs) What a mess I was. But, um, so the flyer had came out for season 10 of Drag Race. And they dropped the flyer. And I had like six people send me the flyer and go, this is your time. And I was like, okay, 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 I need to do this. So I spent like three weeks making a lavender like bodysuit ruffle moment. I went to a wig store and I bought like my first second wig. She was a lace front. And I I put together like this cute little dance number to Greedy by Ariana Grande and I, I basically went and auditioned, and the audition was also my first time ever performing. Prior to that, I would, again was just pulling looks at the club. Yeah. But, so I go in, I audition, and out of like sixty something girls, I was one of the eighteen who made it in, and that was my again, that was my first time performing ever. So I basically you took had a some chance. seasoned
0: queens in there, and they couldn't even. Yeah. They couldn't pull weight. It was your mm-hmm. first number, and you done. Snaps their wigs.
1: Yeah. And I, <laughs> I actually recently found out for you too. Um, some of those girls that I like kind of beat into the competition still haven't had the chance to be in the competition. I found really? that out recently. Yeah. I found out that a quite a, a lot of these girls audition more than once. And for that being like my first time ever performing for like of all time, like my, that was just the first time. And for me to make it was just kind of like, I reassuring. Know, it a, yeah, it was a good feeling. It really was.
0: Um. So you get in. How long? Do you did you win the whole thing? Did you? Were you just there for one one challenge? How many challenges did you
1: make? Um. So about that, I I did really well at the beginning of the competition. I was. They kept saying, "Oh, oh, oh! You're the skinny one. You're um. You know, I definitely." had something the other girls didn't. Like, that's the one thing I would be told. But I was kind of, because I was so new, I there wasn't ever really concepts. There wasn't ever really um something, like, gag-worthy. Like, yeah. because I'm so small, I guess I would just go out in a brawn panty every time. And I would expect that to, like, get me to win. You were and resting
0: I, on pretty, like, Miss Courtney Act.
1: Oh, my God. But I will rely <laughs> on this body until I get like, um, <laughs>
0: No, you should
1: But yeah, I lasted to, I placed eighth, which I was very proud of.
0: Um, I mean, it's still considering you literally started drag about five minutes before the competition started. That's pretty (laughs) impressive.
1: Yeah. Um, another thing I don't think people really like took into consideration is like say the fourth week of like the challenge. That was also my fourth week ever performing. So like, I'm, it's, it's when I look back, I'm, I'm embarrassed, but I'm also very proud of myself. I,
0: I went awkward. out there, didn't know
1: what I was doing and I just kind of went for it but I lip synced three different times so I sent the first time I lip synced, coincidence the lip sync song was Greedy and I was like, goodbye to the other girl, yeah. I was like, I got this and then the yeah. second time it was Dua Lipa, New Rules and I didn't know the words Um no. in my defense we got the song the night before So, I, and then
0: and you weren't thinking you were going home
1: no, and it's so funny because I sent two girls home. It was a three-way lip sync. <laughs> and then...
0: <laughs> you were the last... lip sync killer.
1: For the moment, I was. Yeah. And then the the third time I had a lip sync, I unfortunately... I knew I was going home, and I was like, it's nothing. And I remember just like, I just had fun that last time, and that was pretty much it for that. Um, And yeah, and then I remember for the finale, they wanted all the top ten girls to perform... And I was really embarrassed when I, um, got eliminated just because, well, like a good and bad thing happened. The bad thing was, again, I didn't know the words to that last song. I think it was the Kesha song. I don't really remember, but I didn't know the words. Um, again, my look was like trash. I was literally like so bad that last week. So I was very embarrassed with my elimination, but with what came along, the elimination was a drag family. Um, one of the hosts of the show, Felony Misdemeanor, um who is one of... She's, like, Denver, like, royalty, as far as drag goes. We love goes. Felony. We love Felony. And as I'm getting eliminated, like, ugly, like, crying, she stops and is like, I want you to join the House of Misdemeanor in front of the club on the mic. And I, of course, say yes, because she's a Felony Misdemeanor. And how do you say
0: now? Period. It's like turning down Beyonce.
1: Literally. That's how I see it. <laughs> and... So, like, I was sad, but I was also, like, this is just going to be bigger and better things. And then I remember after I got eliminated, I was constantly, like, being asked, like, oh, do you want to do the show? Like, do you want to do the show? And so I was doing, like, little shows, like, here and there. And then the finale came, and I remember thinking to myself, you have to put a performance together that, like, makes these bitches look like you should have won. And I really did, though. Like, I remember Nina Flowers told me, she said, if you were in the... Nina Flowers also, Drag Race Royalty, season one, she's an OG, um, love her. She literally was like, If you were in this competition, that last performance, like you would have won. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, Okay, you need to stick with this. You need to stick with this, Romeo. Yeah. It's clearly
0: people You're enjoy doing something you. Good.
1: Yeah. So
0: now that the competition's over, does this give you like? Are you now able to join in on that All Stars one, or like, did you enter another competition, or like, what do you do now? You have like newfound confidence, but, fortune didn't place. You got a drag family out of it though, so that's maybe even better than, whatever the small cash prize was. What do (laughs) you do now?
1: Um, he said small cash prize. The shade. I don't rattlesnake noise right there. Um, I. Again, I went along with like performing here and there, Um, but I did get a call to do an All Star season, and I remember like I sat down with my mom and I was like, "Mom, do I like do I want to?" And she was like, "I don't know, Romy. Um, Do you want to?" Because I was I was so scared, because I felt like I I felt like I had a lot to prove, because to kind of be in a competition have people say. Like, I really thought you were going to win. Like, it kind of hurts your feelings. And I remember being like, I don't want to let anyone down. I'm in a drive family now, and Felony was still a host. So I was like, bitch, I can't lose because I will cry and be ugly, and then both of my moms will beat my ass for losing (laughs) again.
0: At the same time.
1: Literally. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So... I I got my shit together, and I was like, no, you know what? You have shit to prove. You know, you are that bitch. You need to prove to people that you're that bitch. So I went in, and I I said yes, and yeah, (laughs) I'm an (laughs) all-star.
0: You were in All Stars. So yeah. what happens in this company? I mean, for those of you who want to see any of Romeo slash Chanel's performances, you can watch Jocelyn Solis, who was episode two of Just Us Girls, did a little doc- documentary called Lavender Queen. But for those of you that are not going to go, what happens at the end of All Stars?
1: Um, so basically I made All Stars my bitch. I, I didn't place bottom once i was in the top five weeks and then i was like safe the rest of the times i i had four challenge wins so i pretty much went out there and i i I put my heart on that stage and i'm when i look back i'm quite proud of the body of work that i, I laid out on that stage i did you so did. many things like that i wouldn't do like when i go like when i look back at everything i did so many different Aesthetics and styles, and I think that's what kept me at the top. And and there was always like a theme. I love a theme. We love a good theme. Um, of course. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I I ended up placing um first place. I ended up winning oh, the whole Oh, okay, Miss but you <laughs> took the whole damn prize. I took the whole, the grand prize. I and that was the best feeling of life. I really didn't think I was going to win because not that people don't like me. But I remember just kind of at the time being like, I, I, I didn't know if people really liked me like that. Like, cause um, for those who don't know, ultimate queen is audience votes. Um, obviously as competitors, we don't get to see those, you know, that's right. Like riggery. Um But I was always like, I don't know. Like do people like me? And I remember being so scared and I was shaking and all this and I ended up winning the whole thing. And I am the youngest winner of all time in human ears <laughs> Um, what I mean by that is I was 20 when I won, so that I'm so the you youngest. You couldn't even winner. take
0: a shot to celebrate.
1: No, literally, it was, all I did was cry really ugly. Um, and I was <laughs> the youngest winner in drag ears. So, and what I mean by that is I was only doing drag for about eight months when I won.
0: I mean, it's insane, and you became so polished by the end of those eight months. I mean, you look at you now, and it's yeah. crazy the looks you perform. I know you don't take Chanel out too often to the club, but when you do, <laughs> she is, I mean, she is like the Evie Oddly nowadays. She, she, run, you run around and people are following you, taking pictures. They're in love with you. That one time you did that one death drop in All-Stars. They just can't get enough <laughs> of you. It is so fun to watch.
1: Thank um, you. So you.
0: Of course. Yeah. So you win, um, All-Stars. And do you? I mean, we said it at the beginning. You you run the bank job in the daytime to pay for your wigs for night. Do You do <laughs> drag um normally pretty regularly besides during this you know coronavirus time, or do you just do it as something fun? And when a good gig comes up, you take it.
1: Um, I I live really far away from Denver. a thing I I'm pretty much at my day job literally all the time. I occasionally take gigs. Um, it's so funny because. I had a, I had a friend of mine tell me that I, w- I was, like, Beyonce. And I was like, bitch, I'm not the greatest performer of all time. And she was like, no. She was like, you come out, you do some iconic shit, and then you disappear. And then you come out, and you do some badass shit again, and then you disappear. So i I very rarely out, but I would say more frequent than my first year of doing drag, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, and do you see another – I mean, this might be a shock to a lot of people, but, like, unless you're, like – getting these paid gigs drag is very expensive to do. like you got to pay for the makeup you got to pay for the wigs you got to pay for the looks you got to yeah. get yourself to and from the club and like you know just the three dollar bills that karen in the back row is giving out because she's having the time of her life <laughs> doesn't really pay it um, yeah so do you see like do you want to take it to that level of being um you know some sort of career like do you want to go on a rupaul's type of show or are you comfortable at the level you're at
1: um, I would, my, the goal is drag race, ultimately. Um, also, thank you for that. Yeah. Tip your, if you're listening, when shit goes back to normal, tip your performers. All right. They, they've
0: been three months of starving themselves. So literally. Them too.
1: I'm like, it, it, I'm no dollar store looking this good. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm money, but, yeah. Um, I would definitely. This wasn't
0: TJ make, Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> literally.
1: Custom always. Um, I, yeah. I would love to make it a, a full-time career. Um, when you're a Rue girl, you know, you obviously get paid way more, especially if you're a winner, which is also the goal. Um, yeah, you know, I really want to bring a crown home to Denver. I really do. It's, it's a big goal of mine, but, um, Denver
0: is really kind of a hub for them too. I feel like with Evie and, and whatnot, everybody that tracks, they kind of launch off here. It's like an incubator for drag stars.
1: Yeah. Um, Denver's only had two girls on the show, like of all time. And that's Nina Flowers. She was. Mm-hmm. Um, runner up. So she made it all the way to the end. And then Evie obviously won the whole thing. So I feel like if I was to get on, I'm not worried about like not doing well. You know, I'm pretty confident in myself that like I can pretty much do anything. I think those two competitions were like the perfect boot camp to go into something such as Drag Race. Um, Yeah. You know, I did theater as a child. I did every artsy thing you could think of. So again, I think my only fear would be letting, letting everyone else down. (laughs) But, um again, Drag Race is the goal. I would love to be able to just do it full-time. I hate – I get paid good at the bank, but, God, do I hate working there. Jesus. If you're listening, <laughs> I mean, be fucking nice to people, too. God. Yeah, these are hard the times. Banks.
0: I mean, you can't even wear assless chaps to the bank. So, I mean, who – what is even <laughs> Romeo doing at this place?
1: Oh, no, literally. Um, well –
0: Promise me that when you win RuPaul's Drag Race, you still come back on my show. We'll do another follow-up episode after you've brought the crown back to Denver. Of
1: Um, course. But thank you
0: so much for sitting down and chatting and telling us your whole story from Romeo to Chanel Banks Misdemeanor. If people want to see your drag, you want to drop your Instagram for them?
1: Oh, yeah. My Instagram is at Chanel underscore B-N-X-S. And then my Twitter is c misdemeanor so you can find me there um yeah and then on youtube if you just look me up you can find you can find any performance
0: i only said one plug but you get all three whatever you want
1: Um, uh, all right well thank
0: you so much romeo it was so great chatting with you and getting to share your story and we're gonna see you serving a look up real soon i know we're all itching for it
1: uh i have special things in the works so be lookout. Be
0: on lookout. Keep it, keep it, keep it on the social channels. All right. Thank you so much.
1: And of course. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: All right. Well, that's our show for you. I hope you enjoyed listening to Romeo and Chanel's story. Be sure to go give him a check out on his drag page. He has a IGTV video pride performance that he just uploaded as a virtual celebration that I highly encourage you check out. And I hope you are here next episode on Tuesday to chat about Molly's game, of course, and hear who we have in store for you then. Um, until then, you can see all of our posts and updates again across our social channels. That's at Justice Girls Podcast, available on Facebook or Instagram to keep up with us there. Until then, of course, I'm Alex and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Chat Sam. Bye.